Welcome to the Church in the Peak podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit churchinthepeak.org or come and join us at 10am every Sunday. So Steve's going to come and speak this morning. So we just pray for him. I got a preview of it this week. (laughs) So Lord, we pray, just bless Steve. We pray your hand upon him now as he speaks. Pray you help us to open our hearts and just receive what you want to say to us through Steve. Pray your Holy Spirit upon him now to part to us your heart for us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, everyone. I'm, uh, it's the first time I've preached uh, here at, uh, at Church in the Peak, so a little bit nervous, but I felt God speak to me a few weeks ago about uh, this passage of the parable of the talents. Um, and I felt a challenge from him personally, but also I felt maybe for the wider church. How do we respond to the gifts that God has given to us? So we're going to read that passage. It's in Matthew 25, if you've got your Bibles, because we couldn't get the computer to work this morning. So I'll read it, but uh, if you want to follow it, uh, you'll have to do it in your own Bibles. So again, the kingdom of heaven will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one, he gave five talents of money. To another, two talents. It's very boomy. And to another one, one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also, the one with two talents, he gained two more. But the man who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground, and he hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who received the five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, You entrusted me with five talents. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with the two talents also came. Master, he said, You entrusted me with two talents. See, I've gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one talent came, and master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting when you, where you have not sown, and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid, and I went out, and I hid your talent in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten. For everyone who has will be given more. And he who... And he will have an abundance. And whoever has, does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. And throw that worthless servant out into the darkness, 
where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. <sighs> I've always found that, uh, that passage quite challenging. It feels a little bit contrary to the message of the gospel, doesn't it? The gospel of grace. It feels a bit harsh to me. But you know, many of Jesus' teaching were challenging both to those who heard, it, heard him speak them and also to us who read those words today. And there's definitely a message here that God is expecting some actions in response to the gifts he's entrusted us with. It's not really an isolated concept. You know, in the following passage, if you read on in the chapter, he talks about the sheep and the goats on Judgment Day. And Jesus makes it clear that we should be treating one another as we would treat him. That's a bit of a sobering thought, isn't it? Again, faith resulting in actions, actions of love and compassion. So I guess to understand the reaction of the, the, the man of noble birth when he returns as king, we need to dig a little bit deeper into the parable. So first off, any guesses on how much a talent of gold is worth in modern currency? How much? Five thousand dollars for five talents. Any any advance on five thousand? A thousand dollars per talent. Any advance on that? Anyone? A guess? Thirty-five thousand. Any advance on thirty-five thousand? Fifty thousand. Any advance on fifty thousand? Anyone think it's higher? Hundred thousand. Five million. You're very close. You are very close. Five talents is worth five million. So one talent of gold is the equivalent of one million pounds today. That's based on a calculation of 20 times the annual salary then and now. So how generous was this Lord, right? How trusting was this Lord as he goes away on a long journey and leaves... My math is terrible. Eight million pounds with his servants. Wow, that's the sort of gift you'd like at Christmas, isn't it, really? (laughs) We love giving gifts to those we love, don't we? They say say it's better to to, to give than to receive, and based on a few of my Christmas presents over the years, I'd have to agree. Uh, um, I bet a few of you have got got stuff in your cupboards like I have, just waiting for the right opportunity to uh, give it away again. But even with presents you really like, you can sometimes forget about them and and not make time to use them as you'd hoped. I I got a a half-day rally school uh, gift from my kids a couple of years back, and uh, I've yet to enjoy some uh, back-breaking dirt track driving in an old Ford Escort. So there, there were reasons that I didn't get to the track sooner. So it was laziness initially followed by multiple lockdowns. But finally, I've got around to, to rearranging this, this fun day out, and, and it's coming up on Good Friday. Sorry, can't come here on Good Friday. I, I'll be here on Sunday, though. I'll probably be needing prayer for a few aches and pains. Um, but I, I didn't get a, around to it straight away, and, and then things got in the way. Fortunately, the company honoured the booking, and I've, I've been able to rebook it. And, I, and I'm not the only one, I'm sure, 
So this Christmas we bought Rob, our son, uh, a telescope. Quite a nice telescope, actually, better than any I ever had. It sat in our garage, waiting for him to work out how to operate it and spend some time stargazing. There's some good reasons for that, I have to say. He's just moved house, and he has three children under five. Fairly good reasons, I think. I'm glad it's not just laziness that runs in the family. Maybe it is, but... um, So here in this parable, we're talking about millions of pounds. And I'm guessing most of us wouldn't wait too long to start spending some of that, right? Making life a little more pleasant with a few luxuries. Clearly, this... In this story, the man who's going away to receive his crown is Jesus. And we know how generous our Lord is, don't we? Don't we? Yes? Good. I think that's a consensus of yes. But in case you're feeling a little bit like the man with, with one talent, let's, let's have a, a think about the gifts that God has entrusted us with. So, <clears throat> first of all, let's, let's start with faith. If you're here because you've accepted Jesus as Lord and Saviour, you've received the gift of faith. In Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 9, it says, For it is by grace you have been saved, and this, not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by works, so that none may boast. So even your faith is a gift from God. What about the Holy Spirit? We talk a lot about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, don't we? So in Corinthians 2, uh, it says this, Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He has anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his Spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. To all who believe, God freely gives his Holy Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing our eternal destiny with him. What a gift that is, right? Jesus promised when he left to be with his Father in heaven that he would send his Holy Spirit as a comforter, and he does. He told his disciples to wait in Jerusalem until they'd received the Holy Spirit to empower them to take his gospel to the nations. And he's still sending that comforter, that empowerer to believers today to enable us to uh, walk with him. If you're a believer and you've yet to receive baptism in the Holy Spirit, God tells us he's ready and willing to give his spirit to those who ask him. And afterwards, we'd be very happy to pray for anyone who who wants to really feel that empowering of the Holy Spirit, whether that's for the first time uh, or or as a refreshing of what you've experienced before. His Spirit comes to empower us to live lives that are fruitful and, and pleasing to Him. As we start to think about this this passage a little more, we think what's what's the defining message from this passage. It's, it's about investing what's been entrusted to us, isn't it? It's about taking what God has given to us and making it work 
to expand, to increase, to, to multiply. So as we start to think about how to invest the riches that God's in, entrusted to us, we should perhaps think about how do we cultivate the gifts and the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Where do we start to, to see the Spirit increasing our fruitfulness? The, the, the Scripture's full of lists of the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit, isn't it? Many of these are listed in the, the letters to Corinthians, Romans, and Ephesians. And sometimes we just need to think about where do we start with all this? Right after the, the long list of, <clears throat> of, of gifts that Paul writes about in Corinthians 12, he states this, You should desire the most helpful gifts. First, however, let me tell you about something else that is better than any of them. He then spends the whole of the next chapter, not that there was a chapter then, but it's quite a long passage, extolling the virtues of love. And I'm sure we've all read that passage. We've heard it read at weddings. It describes how love motivates us to display many of the fruits of the Spirit. And he ends the passage with, there are three things that will endure, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. You know, Jesus said himself, um, by this shall all men know you are my disciples, if you love one another. In other words, it's a defining attribute of being a follower of Christ, to love one another. So if we're looking for a way to invest the riches that God has poured out on us, this would be a good place to start, wouldn't it? As we seek to love one another and those around us, our neighbours, our workmates, God will add to that initial gift of love um, and grace with gifts that will help us to love more effectively. Gifts of prophecy to build one another's faith up. Gifts of wisdom to help us deal with difficulties in each other's lives. Gifts of healing as we pray with compassion and faith for those who are sick. And there's a whole long list of gifts, and not all of them are as, as, as visible as that. You know, some of them are quite quiet gifts. Administration, teaching, serving, helping, encouraging, contributing. So it's not just these vocal, highly visible gifts that God gives us. He gives us all different gifts, right? We're not all cut from the same cloth, as they say. We all have different abilities and different gifts in them. And God gives us those to complement one another. Because if we were all one thing, we'd be missing something important, wouldn't we? So each of us has a different role to play. And the, the scripture talks about the body of Christ having different parts. And, and I guess, you know, we've got to then think about how do we find out what our gifting is? How do we, how do we, how do we find out what it is? And I think this is a, an interesting one. So sometimes God will gift us in a way that, that, that results in us building that gift into a, a real ministry, right? And, and, and that's visible and it might be recognized by the elders. Um, and even in those cases, in, uh, in Timothy 4, Paul says to Timothy, do not neglect your gift which was given to you through prophecy 
when the body of elders laid hands on you. So even when you've got a gift that has been recognized by the elders, you lay in on of hands, and you, you've got that ministry recognized by the church, you can still, it can become routine, or, or it can become a chore even. And God says, stir it up. Stir it up. Don't neglect it. You want to see it expand. You want to see it grow. For those of us who perhaps don't have that sort of clear, recognized ministry, it's sometimes difficult to find out where, where God wants us to, to focus. And uh, I feel like we, we just need to ask God. Right? So um, we can ask him, what is the gifts that will be most helpful to, to those around us, to the church? Um, who, who here has experienced guidance from God in their life? Put your hands up. Keep your hands up. Who, who's felt God prompt them? Keep your hands up if, you, if you're in there. Who's felt God prompt them into some sort of action, comment, or contribution? Okay. Pretty much everybody, right? A few exceptions, but pretty much everybody has heard from God. And that's not really surprising, is it? Because Jesus said, I am the good shepherd and my sheep know my voice. He's promised to lead us and guide us, helping us to find nourishment to grow and safety under his care and protection. You know, the way shepherds gather their flocks in in eastern countries is is to call them. They hear his voice and they come running. You can actually see that sometimes in the in the farms, you know, the, the sheep actually recognize not the voice of the shepherd, but the, the, the sound of the tractor when it's coming to bring the food, and they come running. You've seen it, I'm sure. But we as his followers, we can recognize his voice. And he prompts us with ideas and words that can help us love one another better. We can explore those promptings safely within the church, under the guidance of the leaders, and we can grow in confidence in recognizing God speaking to us. And then we can perhaps reach out uh, to those who are not yet aware of his love and his grace. As we grow in confidence, we can take that out into the world and, and, and start to speak into people's lives and see him changing people's lives. And of course, that's another way we can see growth in what God's entrusted to us. Because as we start to tell others about his offer of salvation and see them give their lives to him and become his disciples, they in turn will receive gifts and bear fruit in their lives. In Peter, 1 Peter 4, he says, as each has received a gift, employ it for one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. So as we consider the magnitude of God's generous gift to us, you know, we're talking millions here, right? Not just a few thousand. We want to be good stewards of what he's entrusted to us. We want to act with boldness and diligence like those first two servants who took the risk of speculating to accumulate, gave over some of that money to buy seed, to trade in goods, see that investment rewarded, right? There's a risk in that, isn't there? 
it's not something that's easy. It's, it's something you have to trust God for and, and take a chance that you're giving something out. You're sowing seed so that he can reap. Or are we going to let fear or laziness stop us from investing that time and that money and love? Are we going to take God's precious gift of faith, salvation, and his Holy Spirit and bury it in the ground so no one can see it? Never tell anybody about it? Or are we going to step out in faith and invest those riches that he's lavished on us? Seek growth in our gifting. Pray for new gifts. I don't think God wants us to be restricted to just one gift, right? We are all different, but we have all access to the same spirit. And uh, he wants us to use what he gives us, whatever that is, whenever it is, to love one another and to build up his church and to reach the lost. So we should invest our time and effort in that seed that can be sown into people's lives so that the Lord can reap a harvest of souls for his eternal kingdom. I want to finish with uh, uh, just one further quote from uh, Corinthians 14. Paul writes, Make love your aim and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. I thought there was three areas maybe we could pray for if, if, if anybody um, would like prayer. The first is the gift of faith for salvation, right? So if there's anybody here who has yet to receive Jesus... And God's given you a gift of faith this morning. Then we want to pray for you that uh, you can accept Jesus into your heart and and know his love, know that relationship of love and trust with him. The other area is in the gift of the Holy Spirit. So baptism in the Holy Spirit. If you've not received that, um, or if you want a refreshing of that Holy Spirit, then we can pray for you this morning. We want to see... That spirit empower us to to live our lives to his glory. And finally, and probably the one that I feel strongest about, is is praying for boldness motivated by love. We all have opportunities and sometimes we just miss it because we're afraid. if you want to be prayed for, for boldness to step out in faith and use the God, gifts that God has given you to, to, to build one another up, to reach the lost and to, to love one another, uh, then uh, I'd love to pray for you as well. Let's, um, let's stand up and let's, let's pray in close. Lord, thank you that you give to each of us gifts and abilities, things that we can use to to love one another better, to build your church, to reach the lost. And Lord, we, we sometimes bury that. We sometimes don't step out because we're afraid. And Lord, I just pray that you would pour out your Holy Spirit on us right now. 
that we would know that fire in our heart, that we would know your boldness, that we would be able to step out, that we would trust that prompting that we hear your Holy Spirit speaking to us, that we would step out and speak your truth. Lord, as we as we each use our different gifts, Lord, just help us to stir it up. Help us to always be looking to, to use those in a way motivated by love, not pride. And Lord, would you, would you bless each one of us in Jesus' name. Yeah, if anybody wants to come forward and pray for that, I just feel like that boldness is, is the key here. You know, we all, I'm sure, have had opportunities that we've missed out on um, because we, we haven't been bold enough. We haven't been strong enough in our faith. But God wants to encourage us to step out. He wants us to, to reach out with his gifts and, and impact. He wants to impact people's lives. And we're his channel for that. So, uh, yeah, if you want to come forward and get prayer for that, that would be great. That's great. I just, um, just on the back of that, I just, a couple of things really. One is sometimes I kind of showed this at the beginning a little fire. And it feels like that's all we've got. Feels like it's insignificant. I mean, this kind of fits into my pocket and disappears into the corner of it. And I kind of think it's there in my pocket somewhere and I find it and get it out. And sometimes we need to go and searching for the bit of fire that we've got. So it might be hidden in a bit of a corner. And I want to encourage you to find that bit of fire and to just see what God can make it to be. Let him breathe on that bit of fire in you and see what will become of it. Because actually we all start with just a little bit of a flame. And it doesn't seem much. But in God's hands, it can have great effect we allow God to do that and so I just want to encourage you to do that and I I think I just sense there's even a corporate response even to allow God just say yeah come and just blow on my fire a bit and if I can't find it help me find it but just come and blow on it cause it to be something more than it already is I just pray that for you if you just want to just allow God to do that I just encourage you just put your hands out let's just allow God to breathe on us this morning Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, it does feel for us sometimes we've just got a little bit of an ember, a bit of a flame. Sometimes hard to even find it, but Lord, I pray right now, you, you have set something in each of our hearts. If we belong to you, you've set something in us. And God, I pray right now this morning, would you just come and breathe on it? Holy Spirit, would you just come? It just takes your wind, your breath that blows on us and what seems insignificant to us you can use for your glory and Lord I pray you'll help us not to underestimate or minimize or play down what you've put within us but to allow you to breathe on it and use it for glory Lord so would you come right now Lord we We all have areas in our life, some we may be stronger in others than weak in others. We've all got areas, Lord, where we just need you to blow on our hearts. 
and blow on our lives and blow on the things that you've put within us. And so, Holy Spirit, would you come and do that right now? Lord, and I just pray for that boldness to come with it, Lord. We need boldness because it's one thing having the flame touched by you, but it's another to step out and actually do something with it. And Lord, I pray and I ask, would you come and help us? Lord, would you give us opportunity, Lord, where we can exercise boldness? It's not just that we pray to receive it and then it's done, but actually we need opportunity to exercise it. And I pray that for each one of us, Lord, that you breathe on our hearts and give us opportunity to use what you've blown on, that which you've caused to ignite afresh. And I sense there's quite a bit of dormant flames around in this room. And Lord, I pray, breathe on dormant flames. Breathe on them again, Holy Spirit. Come on them. Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, just cause those things to ignite in fresh way, like we've not known before. Don't just to just restore something that was before, actually to take it on further as well than what we already have. So come, Holy Spirit, I pray. Just breathe on us right now. We thank you. We are your people. We are called by your name to display the glory of God. And I pray you breathe on us just to do that. Just to do that. Come, Holy Spirit. We want to just be those that emanate your glory wherever we are. We thank you for what you've put in us. We thank you that you saved us. You've given us things, gifts, talents, ability, things to do out of who we are. Now I pray, breathe on them and use them for your glory, we ask in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Time is just about gone. There's just one other thing that actually occurs to me so often, or it comes to me, is that people have said to me on numerous occasions, I don't even know what my gift is. And I like to help people with that. I like to help you. And maybe there'll be even a talk following this on, on something of that. But actually to help people find what their gift is. Because it's different for every one of us. And we, you know, we're not to mimic one another. Actually, we're here to find what is uniquely us. Out of the very nature of who God's made us to be. That's where it comes out of. And it's not that we try to be somebody else or try to be something we're not. It's out of who God's made us to be. And I want to help people with that. And encourage people in that. So if you want prayer for that, come down the front for that. Come down if you want prayer for the prayer about boldness and the other things that Steve's mentioned, baptism, spirit, salvation. Please find us down the front. I think Sarah's eager just to say something. Yeah, I just felt as Phil was praying there, just a couple of things that God might want to highlight. Um, and there are a couple of barriers, I think, to God moving. And one is... Um, cultural and one is our British reserve yeah and God doesn't want to change who we are and our identity but he does want to draw out who we are and I think that British reserve that politeness that well I know I kind of could do that but I'm not sure you know there's other people who do that a lot better than me that reserve is a barrier um, to God using us and what he's putting in us flowing out and blessing and God's put you here in this body each one of you 
to bless and to be part. And everyone's important. You know, you're important. What you have inside you is a seed that needs to come out and grow. So if that's for you, that British reserve, just give it over to God. Just say, you know, this is part of who I am. But here it is. And um, let me see if I can remember what the other thing was. Um, The other thing was self-depreciation. And that was the other thing I had. Reserve and self-depreciation as two things. Um, And we do that as well, don't we, in this culture? We say, oh, you know, we put ourselves down. And the words we speak minimize who we are. And I don't mind self-depreciation because it's good to be humble. But Paul said, I can boast in Jesus Christ. So we're not boasting. When we use our gifts, we're not boasting in ourselves. We're boasting about Jesus. We're lifting his name higher. And we're using our gifts to give glory to him, not to give glory to ourselves. So I just encourage you, don't speak those words that put yourself down. But do glorify Jesus through your words and through what you can bring to the church. Thank you, Sarah. It's excellent. Sorry, I was going to keep quiet, but then someone else mentioned British culture, which is what I had um, before Sarah said anything. All I could see was a fireman's hose, this really powerful, it's not a dribble, it's not a little bucket of water, it's a massive shooting out of water that can quench the Holy Spirit. Um, And the label on it was British cynicism. We can, our culture can be very cynical, negative, um, compared to other cultures who would encourage one another and be positive about what we can do. And actually, I'm sorry, but it's a matter for repentance. Um, if you recognize it, you know, you may put another name on that water hose that is quenching the Holy Spirit. I don't know, but I just felt like it is a matter for real repentance over um, hooks, you know, that we get into us from our own culture. That's great. Okay, well, Lord, I'm just going to pray. Just, Lord, help us. Help us to recognize those things and help us to deal with them. That, Lord, we can be who you've meant us, called and chosen us to be. So, Lord, just pray. Help us now, Lord. And if we, if we do need to repent, we need to... Give those things over to you. Help us to do that too, I pray. So we thank you for being with us. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your your encouragement to our hearts today. Lord, help us to live that out in the coming days, weeks ahead. Help us, Lord, not just to hear this, but actually to go and do something with it. For your glory, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.